Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. It's powered by DeerCast. We want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. That's right. Finally. That's Matt Drury over You're there. You're Tim Shelswick over there, way over there. We're, <laughs> we're still mired in the pit of despair. <laughs> so you technically have a kill. Yeah. It's got an asterisk by it. Yeah, I'm like the Barry Bonds of hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't count. And I'm blank still. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, well, hey, it, listen. We should congratulate everyone that has. The, it's been so much fun. I, and I say this with sincerity. It has been so much fun to watch the Rack Pack this year. Because last year, really, you started it, what, maybe November or. Something around in there. So yeah, we didn't really have new. much of a community experience. But this season has been awesome. And especially here lately, there's been a lot of big deer killed by these really guys great and gals. Deer. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and of course, you know, I love they're, they're all putting them in the rack pack. And then I try to comment on everyone I see and congratulate them. And you, it's been fun because <laughs> you're starting, we could tell what part of the season we're in because you're starting to get, uh, chippy but in a fun way mm -hmm. funny chippy yeah. and they're all piling on you <laughs> tim look <laughs> at this one hey tim check this out so so i, I if you're not in the rack pack go to the facebook search dury outdoors 100 wild rack pack and join up uh, but it's it's cool because we had like we've got that hunt camp ethic going like you can give each other garbage and we know that it's it's in fun i tell you what there's a couple of uh arkansas boys down there that had put in Killing some big big, big yeah, deer especially for arkansas i mean that's like uh needle in a haystack sleeping kind of on thing. it down there i no think no kidding <clears throat> so yeah it, it's been awful fun uh to have that back and forth in there yeah so appreciate yep. everyone that's hopped in there um we have uh we have a really cool uh real wild clip this week that's sent in by one of our rack packers so that'll be later in the show if you have, so think about being handcuffed to a dead person hmm I, well, who teams. hasn't thought about that? I mean, it's constantly in the, in the back the, of my mind, the forefront of my mind. <laughs> um, and then the wildlife word we're focusing on rubs and scrapes, a little bit of biology there. Yeah. And then Nathan Jaquin has our question of the week. And on that question of the the day, I'm gonna kind of unveil, 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 Tim, mm -hmm. uh, some Black Friday deals. And uh, a really, really big one for DeerCast. So anyways, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first off, most importantly, we have old man winner Terry Drury, hot off the heels of a 190-inch biggest deer of his Ooh. life, Illinois Slammer. What's up, old man? Hey, how we doing? Not you know, as good I, as you. I was, listening there. I was listening to what you guys were saying, and, and the two things that I brought away was one, handcuffed to a dead person and too chippy i like the word chippy i thought that was pretty good handcuffed to a dead person i'm not sure about it i don't know where that came from i, I think that's what our seasons feel like <laughs> like yeah, we're handcuffed to true. a dead person that's true yeah we can't get the eternal stink of death off of us but not in a good Earlier. way how do you think scott feels he's been following me around that whole time dude you know it's talk about being handcuffed something else that is crazy is like i realize i'm filming all this pre-hunt because i'm self-filming I'm filming all this pre-hunt stuff, and every time I film it, I'm like, 
I'm just gonna delete this footage anyways. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's all gonna get deleted. It's all for naught. Not. And then I format the card after the hunt and... Well, what if we try to make a video... Like, what if you kill at the end of the season We and we try to make a like a montage of your season? It's going to be pretty short, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I think the odds are pretty long on that <laughs> at this point. All right. Uh, but uh, Old Man Winter, I'm, maybe we should rename him the Joker because he just killed Batman. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I want to hear a little bit of history here because when we were at uh, Missouri Firearm the opening weekend at your camp, Scott and I went up there, you and Forrest and Yapper, and every, we were all looking at these pictures you had on the Reconic Cell camera of the deer you call Batman. And at that time, you say, hey, we named him this because we didn't know who he was. But after the fact, I think maybe you guys have had a, a chance to figure out exactly who it was. Give us some of the history here. Yeah, th this was a deer. The first picture that we got of him this year was an extremely foggy morning. And uh, in the fog, you couldn't really get a definitive look at him. So it was it was pretty hard to tell as far as how the rack was, you know, really structured and where all these flyers and forks. He had forks on the G1s, forks on G2, forks on G3, inside flyers and all this stuff. So we didn't know who he was. And, and it was Forrest that came up with the idea. He said, well, let's you know, we were trying to come up with a name for, for this deer. And he's, he said, let's, let's call him Batman because we don't know who he is. I said, man, that's a great name. I loved it immediately when he said it. I said, that's a, that's a really, really perfect name for this deer. Well, then as time went on, we started getting more and more pictures of him and, and some really, really, you know, kick-ass pictures, some that looked beautiful. And, and we were like, okay, now we think we have a pretty good idea who he is. We had a buck that, that had an inside flyer, and he had pretty decent mass on his main beams, but he was fairly short main beam, but had a wall of tines. And uh, we had an encounter with him two years ago. We were sitting in a in a tree and had an encounter with him one morning, had an encounter with several bucks that morning. And uh, so going back to two years ago, we knew instantly then who he was. But by that time, after having named him Batman, we weren't going to change his name. So mm -hmm. uh, we just said we're going to stick with Batman. But uh the hit there was a little bit of history it just wasn't like you know one of the deer on my farm where you have four or five years of sheds and you got a thousand pictures of them and all that other jazz over there it's boy it's a, a needle in the haystack much like you just mentioned a while ago tim it's it's just hard because they're roamers and i mean they travel for miles over there those are vast big you know uh tillable fields and vast big hay fields and so so if you lose one you may lose them a week. You might lose them a month. You may lose them a, a year. Mm. And just getting pictures of them is a big deal over there. So getting pictures of him at age three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, and so on, you know, just kind of came via evolution. But all of a sudden he stuck, you know, and part of that was getting rid of decoy. I do believe that buck named decoy, when we pulled him out of there, all of a sudden Batman started showing up with regularity. Mm. You know, up to that point, we only had a picture or two. And uh, so we were like, well, he's he's kind of walking a little, you know, unsure of his turf here. And then once we got decoy out of there, he just started uh, coming around all those cameras on a more consistent and regular basis. A little addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. Yeah. And, and you hear that often where you pull a dominant buck out of an area and all of a sudden there's two or three, much like coyotes, you pull a, a big male out of an area, they're going to backfill somehow or another. And that's exactly what happened here. We started seeing a few other deer besides Batman, but 
uh, he started showing up pretty consistently then. Go ahead. I was going to ask Terry, do you think that Forrest, that Forrest was thinking the Adam West version of Batman when he named him? Christian Bale. I don't know. If, I don't know if Forrest was because he probably has never heard of Adam West at his age, <laughs> but that was immediately who I thought of. Adam West. Yeah. in the cage. Yeah. Can you name Rob? Barrel chested. Yeah. I, I, I want to know who Robin's going to be. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> no. No. So okay, you, you know, when we were sitting there at at uh, Deer Camp, I thought it was. You know, it's fun because, you know, we're sitting around the bunkhouse there and you're looking at pictures and, you know, we're checking out deer that we're chasing. We're checking out deer you're chasing. And you always try to come up. It's like, well, what do you guys think he'll score? And, you know, a lot of numbers were being thrown out there. But I believe, was it that you guys had said Zach Playle was the closest, I think, and looking back, because you you guys had come up with something in the 80s, maybe high 70s, 80s. But Zach, wasn't he in the 90s? I think he was. I think you're correct, Matt. He had he had uh, tallied him up at around 90, mm. and we just didn't think he would go that that big. I really didn't. I didn't think he had because his tines were not towering. They weren't 12, 14 inch tines. Yeah. They were, but he had a lot of them, and they were short. And he was forked, you know, on so many different uh, tines that it just added up in a hurry. That one side, his left side, ended up at 97 inches. Well, his right side was almost 75 inches and it was had a 16 inch main beam because five inches of it was was broken off. So had he had the rest of his main beam and that that little sharp uh, G5 that he had on that side, he would have he'd have been real, real close to 200. But the, to, when we started adding them up and we added it three or four times and we go, my God, this thing is 97 inches on one side. I haven't seen many that big in my lifetime. Well, never score like that. <laughs> not many. Only so Mark's deer go like a, that. A good feeling as we were as we were adding, we were we were smiling because there were just so many tines stacked in there, and and he only had a twenty one inch main beam on that side or twenty one and a half or something. So he had sharp beams, but he just had a wall of tines, and and it goes back to when we had the encounter with him. He had a lot of tines. He was yeah. fairly heavy, but uh, he had sharp maybe and he had that inside flyer and, and so that's how we knew who it was too all right so you know obviously this season's been one for the books for you it's you know three gross boon you know i you've never had a better season than this but you have you've done this a long time and you've had plenty of rough seasons seasons like what tim and i are having seasons like <laughs> what probably a bunch of people listening might be experiencing mm-hmm. so the difference I'd like to hear maybe – I need a pep talk, Terry. What's the difference <laughs> between be a good season and a tough season? What's the difference, like, to continue to grind it out or have the mindset of, hey, it could change on a dime? Like, what you know, <laughs> you've been through it all, so let, let's hear your advice here. Well, to, to start off, you, you're really only as good as your spot. So if you don't have a 180, you're not going to kill a 180. If you don't have a 160, you're not going to kill a 160. It's just that simple. So you got to have the deer to start with because for them to expect them to just show up because of outside pressure, that rarely happens. It it happens to a few people randomly at times, but uh, it's really, really hard to grow a deer and get him to six and a half or seven and a half or eight and a half. That's where it all starts. It's about passing them at two, three, four, five, and so on. And it's just, 
it's a, I mean, it's like the highest of hurdles to jump over just to get them to that age class because they rarely reach their potential until they hit six or seven. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's where you start after that. Uh, like this year, I knew last year, this year was going to be an absolute, uh, son of a gun. And I knew that because I felt like the moon was way too early. You know, the hunter's moon, the harvest moon, hunter's moon, beaver's moon. I thought all of those were way too early in the month. And I told Forrest, I said, we're going to have to hunt our asses off to kill deer next year. Meaning this was last year. Mm -hmm. And we did just that. We started hunting, started hunting hard, spending more time, logging more days, logging more hours. And fortunately, we had a few deer to to really key in on. So having those deer to key in on was was first and foremost, you know, the the only way you're going to kill a big one is to have one. But we spent an inordinate amount of time studying trail photos. The reconics pictures were pouring in and the chess match starts. Mark always liked to say they're playing chess. We're playing checkers. And that's exactly what we were doing over in Illinois. It was a it was just not easy. I mean, we just could not. We, You know, the deer that we're talking about. I got one deer called Junkie. And we just cannot catch up with that son of a gun. We've hunted him three years now and can't kill him. And wherever he is, we're not. And wherever we are, he's not. And uh, we've studied so many pictures of that deer. So he was the one that I was after and, and never got him never got him killed. So I made a conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to have I'm going to get a divorce from Junkie. Um, I'm going to move on to a new girl and, and at the dance. And that's exactly what we did. And when we did divorce Junkie. Then all of a sudden decoy moved into our lives and uh, we concentrated a little bit on him and we're fortunate enough to harvest decoy over there. And then when decoy moved out and he was gone, then all of a sudden Batman started showing up more regularly. So it was a little easy to switch our focus, even though we were still concentrating on junkie. Mm -hmm. If he just showed up by golly, we were going to, we were going to kill him because it was about to kill us because we haven't killed him in three years. So uh, it just so happened that Batman was the one to fall. But, you know, if you don't have them, it's really, really hard to hunt them. And the only way to get them is to pass them at three and four, uh, because at three, they're they're all over. They're like a, a junior high schooler. You know, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And even four, they they put on a lot of miles and they do a lot of daylight walking. And then once you get past four, the game changes. When you get into five, six and seven, that daylight walking just doesn't happen like it does at three and four. So it's a whole new chess match, altogether different, logging more hours, trying to outfox them, outsmart them. And we use historical data, which you guys both know that we were studying last year's photos as much as this year. And that's what we base almost everything on is last year's pictures. So trying to interpolate or extrapolate that information and that data from last year and this year with a different moon phase because last year that moon was at the latter part of the month and it fit real well with their gun season this year it didn't fit like that it was so early and i knew it was going to be a, a bitch i i did i knew it last year we were going to have a hard time mm -hmm. so we just logged more hours spent more time and studied more pictures studied harder and hunted harder and and uh, we were just lucky to kill them when <clears throat> the calculus continues to change as we come to the end of some of the gun seasons i know the first weekend here in missouri there were over ninety six thousand deer oh, killed the weather i mean just the weather killed a lot Lined of deer up. it just did yeah. yeah and you know what forrest and i neither one killed a, a firearms deer yet neither one of us have killed a, a, a deer in missouri with our guns so that, that will tell you something you know well we're lazy 
<laughs> we slept in quite a bit there in those first few days. I'm regretting a little bit of that. <laughs> but that that will tell you. And and well, we hunted this morning and got skunked. I was trying to shoot a doe this morning and got skunked. We have an inordinate number of does on our farm, and deer cast said poor or bad, and I'll be damned if it wasn't correct again. And we just we got skunked. I I, I couldn't believe it. It's a beautiful morning. 24 degrees sunshine a south wind at seven mile an hour southwest i was like deer cast can't be right well by god it was it was right again and i try to prove it wrong on a daily basis but it uh it surprises me how accurate it is and i just thought this morning we'd be able to waltz out there and shoot a doe i i planned on killing two does i even <laughs> wore a, an older pair of pants because i thought these are going to get bloody and full of you know stick tights and beggar lice and all that stuff and and we got skunked so, you know, just when you think you might know what they're going to do, they always humble you in a, in a really, really special way. So we said, the hell with it. Let's go eat breakfast. So we came back to that. <laughs> you know, we've gotten a few um, questions on our customer support line for DeerCast. People asking about like, hey, I was planning on going hunting on Friday and I had a good deer cast, but all of a sudden, like I check it today and now it's been downgraded to okay or poor. Like, how can I plan on hunting if you guys are, are always changing this? And, and so I, you know, what, what I'm trying to explain to folks is that we're updating that, that weather data, like every hour, every, no, it's actually every like 15, 20 minutes. I think it's, it's, it's quicker than it. it's updated currently like 10 15 minutes I sure think. so so it's it's trying to pull in the most accurate and relevant yeah. data for folks and, and 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 the farther out a forecast is the more it's going to change because there's the data is changing as we get closer to it and then one thing to remember is once that time has passed and you can still see so say in the morning you had a a good and then the morning hunt happened and then you, you know, you updated the app and you looked back and then it changes to an okay or change to a great, it, whatever. Uh, it changes because then it's going on the data that's actually actual, actual mm -hmm. data, not, not, um, you know, it was forecasted. forecasted. So it, it's going to always change constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'd rather deliver accurate and updated information then yeah. give people false hope and you know and give them a, a something they can plan on and just let it remain what it was yeah so you know I, I was thinking about what you said terry about you know you can only you, you know if you don't have a 160 you can't kill a 160 but i think you know heck i'm I'd be tickled to death with a 140. You know, I mean, it's just like, what what can you do at this point in the season when you go through a gun season and we know, like, I, Aaron Bennett and I were talking about this other day, before gun season. It's like, all right, man, we got to try to make something happen during the gun season because once that's over, man, it gets tough for the next few weeks until they get onto a real, like, cold weather, late season food to bed, bed to food type of pattern. And that's only good if you got food. So – you know, there's that pressure leading into the gun season. Well, okay, here we are. Today's the last day of gun season. And as of today, we haven't killed anything. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking for just, there's like one or two mature bucks that we're looking for, you know, five-year-old, six-year-old type deer. You know, do you change up your strategies? You change your cameras, you know, scrapes were hot for, you know, those few three, four weeks. Now, do, do you focus back in on food only or what transition, you know, corridors or what are you looking for here? You, you know, this time of year and this phase particularly, 
is the party's over. And boy, when it ends, it's like falling off a cliff. And so we were, I was scratching my head there this morning, trying to figure out why we never saw a single deer and the barometer was dropping like a rock. We are, tomorrow is the start of a, uh, you know, the, um, uh, dead moon, you know, and, <laughs> and the temperature was good, but we were like, damn, I don't, I don't understand this, but it's this phase. It's the party's over, you know, we're going into the dark of the moon. We had a falling barometer and it's just, but yet I, I felt like it was a beautiful morning. Sun was shining 24 degrees. We should have seen deer. So those outside influences determine whether or not they're going to move. And that's why we've got 13 of those, of those influencers that determine that. So with that being said, there's another phase or two that, that will follow this up when we go get into green revisited and even the late season, if you have food, but once the deer go through that rut cycle, and they hit that little period where they've been running pretty hard. They're going to slow down and charge their batteries. They do it each and every year where they just absolutely lay down mm -hmm. for a while, for a period, and they try to recharge. And then all of a sudden, when we get back into that full moon, give it about 10 days or two weeks, you're going to start seeing pictures again where some of those matures start walking again. They're not. It's not going to be all this all out running and full board chasing like we have seen, but you're going to start seeing some slow movement through the timber, a lot of it's between 11 and 2, and a lot of it, depending on the weather. Now, if it stays cold, then you're going to need to rely on that afternoon or evening movement. Uh, but if it stays pretty mild, you'll see them get up at between 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, and maybe go change to another spot or kind of sniff around looking for an available doe. But that afternoon or evening movement is when it starts here, and it's going to continue to get better afternoons and evenings if you have a reliable food source or wherever the does are going to be. And it's not uncommon for them to be browsing on uh, just some odd things right now. You know, whatever browse they can find, it may be, you know, some kind of blackberry briar. It might be some old, old brown weed that you go, why are they chewing on that? Uh, but that's what they're doing right now. They still, their systems are still set up for that right now. So wherever those does are going to be, those bedding areas, those bedrooms, eventually those bucks are going to start sniffing around and checking them again. We're a little soon right now, but give it a week to 10 days. And all of a sudden that whole cycle is going to start over again. It just won't be that full bore like we just saw. That's hopeful. <laughs> is it? And, and it is hopeful. Yeah. You can't, can't get discouraged yet oh. because there's still a pretty good bit of season ahead. And I say that because the moon was so early this year. I, I hated it, the fact that it was this early, even though I had a yeah. good season. A lot of guys haven't. You know, it's been pretty tough for a lot of people. And and you guys are testimony to that. It, it's been hard. We never even saw a rut. I, I literally, the entire year, and Forrest and I hunt damn near to every day since September the 15th. We missed maybe five or seven, something like that. But I saw one buck chasing a doe and i saw one other buck that had his nose down trailing a doe in 55 days of hunting no shit it's like the rut never happened from what i from what i saw mm. because we were warm early so much of it happened at night but it just wasn't a very definitive rut and i i still blame it on that early moon i, I mentioned I this like it. i got a, lucky but I, i'm sorry I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast that i think it's either feast or famine and i've i've always felt this way about the rut it's either feast or famine but because if you're a guy that happened to be in the right spot at the right time the rut was unbelievable you saw all this chasing and the rut is on where you're at but if you're 
200 yards to the west and you saw nothing you're like this was brutal you know i, I didn't there wasn't anything that walked past mm -hmm. me and for the most part all i saw were younger bucks which is what i typically see younger bucks chasing and yeah. dogging and you know doing their thing but man you know just wrong place wrong time i didn't see much for mature activity yeah same here my cameras would show like a doe running past and then a, a blur of yeah. of a buck chasing her but I, I just personally didn't see a whole lot either. So that that's, I mean, three of us here saying the exact same thing, even though we got lucky and killed some good deer. I just didn't see the rut activity that we're accustomed to. Forrest and I were like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it literally never unfolded for us. And I'm, I'm like you, Matt. I know other guys have had tremendous season and they've seen chasing and rutting and grunting and all that jazz. But we, we never saw it. It just didn't happen for us. And we hunted a lot. I mean, we logged a lot of hours this year. Um, so I'm sure other areas, it, it hit probably perfect. It just didn't hit where we were, where we were sitting. For us, I don't know. it made me think. Illinois was dreadful for us. Yeah, for us, it made me think we're not, which I know this already because of the way this lease is set up, but we're not, we don't have much bedding. We don't have a bedroom. It's mostly open. And, you know, it, as I sit there, as I sat there last year, I just think to myself, well, we're nowhere near, we're not seeing it because we're nowhere near the bedroom. You know what I mean? Like it'd be pure luck for something to chase something far enough to get to us, you know? And that's kind of the, you know, that's just kind of the, my gut in, instinct on it. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you try to make your spot better and there's been some logging on that farm and that should improve it a little bit over time. But I think there's still quite a bit more work to do to make it to where we can, affect our future here well and it's a fine line between getting on the edge of that bedroom or getting into that bedroom without running everything out this time of year and the woods are open the, you know everything is defoliated leaves are off so it's really really sensitive when you walk in there for an afternoon or evening hunt because if you push them out on your way in you're screwed you know it sits there and it's the emptiest place on earth is to sit in the timber after you push the deer out that you're hunting so it, it, you really got to be careful about w where you sit and how you choose those spots and access trying to trying to use or, or use a little bit of security cover or some type of terrain to slide in there and get into a stand without getting detected. And if you can do that, then then, you know, there's a chance. But if you push them out, it, it makes it so much harder. So sitting on those fringes and sitting on those edges is usually the best solution if you can if you're hung you know if, if you've got tree stands or a blind or something ground blind or whatever it may be hmm. cherry something i, I want to ask you uh is <clears throat> since i am typically by myself when i'm hunting you and forrest were in the blind when you killed batman and i see this quite a bit after the shot when you guys go to congratulate each other and this is not just you guys but this is other other teams that hunt together one guy goes for the fist bump. The other guy goes for the high five and you end up. I'd like to interject here. Terry always goes for the high five and it ends up being uh, Let me hold your over fist. your fist kind of a <laughs> fist bump every time. <laughs> I, I love that. I, is there any coordination? I think is what Tim's. Thanks, thanks for asking the question there for me. <laughs> There's zero coordination with that, but evidently we're going to have to work on it. <laughs> it's always a little weird, just like grabbing another man's fist. <laughs> I shook a guy's hand like that the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to, I, and I was even, I can't, now I can't remember who the hell it was, but I went to shake the guy's hand. He just kept the fist out there. Ooh, let me shake <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. 
I don't know. Maybe he thought uh, I had COVID. <laughs> it could be. This guy's crawling with you it. You know, that reaction, it's funny you bring that up, Tim, because we had uh, someone a long time ago wrote an article about act like you've been there. Uh-huh. And, and he was somewhat slamming or persecuting every outdoor video producer at the time yeah. for overacting, you know, you know, where you, you give a reaction that's just off the charts, yeah. you know, and, and some guys it's genuine, but Kinda. there are others where maybe it is not quite as genuine. So you're real careful about how you do that. And we're to the point where we, we don't care no more. I mean, we've been doing it for so long. It's like, well, if you don't like what I'm, <laughs> the way I'm reacting, oh, well, but we, we don't, we don't try to overreact. You try to be as genuine as possible and, and show the emotions that you truly have. And, and, you know, we're always fired up if we kill a deer because it's so damn hard to do it. When you do kill one, you know, there's a lot of emotions flowing out there pretty fast, bubbling over. Yes. So that's why it comes from a fist pump to a hand grab. To a- <laughs> we need to name that whatever it is. We need to give it a name. Fist grab. Fist grab. Uh, that's, no. We shouldn't say that. Well, I, I wrote a piece for DeerCast a few years back kind of saying it, like most people are not in their right mind in those few seconds after the kill. So cut people some slack because you don't really know. You're just excited and you're doing the first thing that comes to your brain. I saw somebody on, I don't know which deer it was you killed this year, but somebody said that something about you must have lost, you know, it was disappointing to see cause you didn't like overreact. Like, you know, like some people might just go nuts and you didn't do that. And what they don't understand is that's not really your personality. <laughs> like, I don't know that I've ever seen you overreact unless you're yelling at me. <laughs> it's been a while for that too. So <laughs> just not your personality. It, it's funny that you bring that up because Forrest and I talked about it as well. The deer that really got me, over the top was 815 when we killed him last year. He was a seven point that scored 152. No, he and didn't. I was pretty damn jacked <laughs> over him. I really was. That one was a, a big deal. I mean, we grabbed those shed antlers every single day. We picked them up, you know, and I don't know. He was one that I wanted pretty bad. And when we got him, I, I was, that one really tipped me over the edge. But all the rest, it's, uh, and they don't they don't all fall into the same same heap or the same uh-huh. pile. I mean, we we're emotional inside and maybe we just don't let it out. And partially being suppressed on video for 35 years from the guy writing a negative article saying you guys are all overreactors. Mm. So we try to control it best you can. But yeah. yeah, I'm not exactly I don't care if it's a Super Bowl or the World Series. I'm not I'm just not going to get too stupid about it, you know. Yeah. It's just not your personality. Yeah. It, what was really interesting in that in that hunt, and it's on DeerCast for people to see, but um, <clears throat> the way that that deer took that bleed bullet standing yeah. there, and you're like, like, when I was watching, I was like, Ugh. I mean, I I saw that like the hydrostatic shock where it hit, and but he just stood there like it was a miss or something, and it, it, like what was going through your brain during those 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 seconds there? Reload. Well, I even asked Forrest because I thought I 12 ringed him, you know, I said, where did I hit him at? And he said, you smoked him or something to that effect. And I said, well, that's what I thought. And he stood there and then he got a little drunk and he, he tipped over, you know? So it, it took him a bit. I kept saying tip over, tip over. Cause I, I knew he was about to tip over, but that bleed bullet is nasty. I'm telling you, it is freaking nasty. Uh, it does some internal damage like no other. It's 
I, I love that thing. It's it's pretty special. Yeah. And I, I credit Traditions and Tom and Allison, their whole company and organization. Can't say enough good things about them. Can't thank them enough for all they do for us. Great partner, along with all of our other partners. We have so many. But uh, at the time, I was really, really fired up, you know, for Traditions and Tom and Allison. And we want to do the right thing for them. I, I love doing something good for all of our partners. I want to make sure that we cover them all and do do the best that we can for them to promote their products and and show others how well they work and how well they perform. That's that's why we're a partner with them. And I, I really am genuinely and sincerely uh, concerned about an industry when it when it don't do that. So I want to make sure that we do carry our weight for, for all of our partners. We had um, an episode of Deer Season 22 that went up last week that been edited and it kind of showcased the last say two weeks of Scott and I season. And we were trying a lot of new things. I mean, we had, we tried the keen trailer and popped up a, a, a blind in a new spot and we were using a decoy and we tried buck bomb and we used the rogue Ridge bikes. And I mean, genuinely like I was, happy to try out these things, especially when you're having a tough season. It's like, well, let's try something different. We're doing it this way. It's not succeeding. Mm -hmm. Let's try it that yeah. way. And I, that's what I see like you and Mark, it, you know, when you got to get aggressive, you get aggressive and you, you know, you aren't afraid to try a new game plan. So anyways, we, we did all this and there were a couple comments where, you know, a lot, a lot of people liked the episode, but there were a couple comments where guys were like, Oh, you don't, you know, I don't want Here young people go. to think that this is the way you got to hunt and all you need all this fancy equipment and new gadgets. And, and I think that's the tough part because I too am trying to, and I'm the one that deals with all the contractual side with, with all of our partners. Like we structure a partnership and they have products that you want to try to utilize and promote and show. And that's just part of it. And that's in, in this industry, that is the business model. You have to have the partners in order to pay for the airtime. And, and it's just kind of, that's just the way it, it works. So, you know, we, we try to, um, and we have an effort to try to utilize this stuff. And the only thing that strikes me about it, like I, I get the guy saying like, Hey, yeah, you could hunt with stick and string and traditional bow and arrow and, you know, and, and succeed. Yes, you can. Uh, but there's been a lot of, in the last 40 or 30 or 40 years, especially 20 years, there's been a ton of innovation that all hunters have benefited from. And it's by showcasing the products that it allows people to know that it exists. So how do you do that any other way? You can't. And so, I don't know, It's you got to take it with a grain of salt. It's just, it's brutal sometimes reading the damn comments. <laughs> I, I really do hate that part. You're supposed to post and ghost, but yeah. every once in a while, it's nice to go in and just see, okay, what are people saying? Because mm -hmm. we want to make sure we're providing a end result that people like, you know, the video that they want to watch. And, you know, boy, you get into the box blinds and you get into the, you know, all the, your house blinds, as they call it. It's just sometimes you're like, well, you know. It'd be different <laughs> if we were saying there's no way you can kill a deer unless you use X. We don't we don't say that. <laughs> never. We've never said that. But you know what? And Matt, you hit the nail on the head about innovation. You know, it, there are windows of opportunity throughout a season and you either jump through them or you slam them shut. And if there are ways that you may get a slight advantage uh, whether it's the caliber of gun that you're using or a new firearms or, or the bow, you know, the Matthews, you know, the way they innovate and, and new cam designs and new riser designs and whether it's some type of scent, uh, you know, nose jammer, 
There's so many different things out there. If you're not using them to try and take a slight advantage, shame on you. Don't bitch because you didn't kill a deer. <laughs> that That's my whole read on that because you should be taking every single advantage you can, whether it's a 110 or a 210. It don't matter what size he is. You've got to be able to, to be smart enough to take advantage of what's out there and be willing to, to use it and try it and say, you know what? This worked fantastic. This worked great. I'm going to stick with this. Or, or if it didn't work real well for you at that time, you may circle back and try it again a little later. But man, we're, we're all about utilizing new innovation, new product and, and taking advantage because those windows of opportunity are very, very seldom, very rare. And uh, you just got to be prepared to jump through them when they, when they open for you. And by having those few tricks in your bag, it might be a grunt tube or, or something, it sure helps. And, and that's why we've been successful for so many years is being willing to do that, to go the extra mile and try something new and, and, and keeping an open mind. And man, we've had fantastic partners, everything, you know, from the Rage 2.3 chisel, my God, our life has changed because of that. Reconic cell cameras, our life has changed because of that. The traditions, uh, nitro fire, our life has changed because of that. There's so many things, you know, every partner has something that has helped us advance in this industry. And uh, if, if you don't, take advantage of it or utilize it. It's, it's really uh, your fault or shame on you. And for the record, all those things did help us get an opportunity. We just missed, <laughs> but it did to your point, like that decoy, it, we put a decoy out and we sprayed that buck bomb doe. I think that one was doe pee, right? The, our wind was blowing kind of right to the bedding area and it worked. He came uh, out like we don't see deer in daylight on that farm. Mm -hmm. And he came out with, you know, 30 minutes, 20 minutes Is that left. how you pronounce it? I've been calling it dope. <laughs> well, maybe you're the dope. <laughs> Man. Well, I, I, I wrote that that uh, that gear review article on the new Matthews Phase 4. Uh. And <laughs> so I talk about stirring up a hornet's nest of people that just like were kind of frustrated that we put something like that out there. Like I'm still hunting with my whatever creed or people really like that. We, we were with Hoyt 20 years ago and people are stuck on that. Like uh, no tomorrow. That's one guy was mentioning the Hoyt. Like <laughs> yeah. you said Hoyt was the best. I said, yeah, 20 years ago. And Where then PSE been? was, and now Matthews is, I mean, we have evolved and we have gone with innovation just like anybody else. Well, and, and it's just like, like voting. Like what, why wouldn't you want the latest and greatest information on the candidates <laughs> Here is the latest and greatest information on this thing. I seem you can't kill a deer I, I, with something else. Here's where here's where it boils down to. People get pissy because they may still have an older piece of equipment and there's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying you can't kill a deer with a bow you had 15 years ago. Mm. All these bows are really really good. But it you shouldn't be wagging your finger at somebody that is like excited to get a new car just because you like your yeah. 1984 Chevy. You, you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be pissy because somebody else is like, I'm getting the latest and greatest every year. Cause there are a lot of those people out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a weird, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird dynamic. I, I don't know. Like I, I just, we're helping people have the latest and greatest information on the latest and greatest tools. If you want, if you want, if you think it'll help the way you hunt, then grab it. If not, that's fine. You just, you just know more and shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to jump into the real wild clip? 
Uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. We've it's been a little while since we've had a real wild clip. And and these are awesome because a lot of these are coming from our rack packers. So we appreciate it. this one's coming from Jaden Funk, and it comes from the Kansas City area. And he filmed this himself, I believe. So talk about being handcuffed to it. All right, corpse. the real wild clip of the week. <clears throat> We're seeing a buck oh, locked man. together with the corpse of another buck flailing about in the timber and these are big deer they're big deer and there's a muddy spot it looks like this has been going on for a while and then the, the buck that's still on all fours is just flipping this other buck around and <clears throat> here we go with so this is the this was the buck that was dead so what ended up happening there i guess I, he had to stop filming to, to he, get him apart called, what happened called conservation and uh and so so yeah, that's that's the buck that was that was dead, and I, and I think the the living buck got away. So, but yeah, I that's mean, wild. What a weird, what a weird deal to see in the wood. And you wonder how long they'd been locked together like that. I don't know. We we've been fortunate through the history of the company to have a few instances of of capturing something this crazy on video. Wade and Mark, the Lindsays, yep. um, and it's it's. I mean, you think about like all the testosterone and you know energy that's built into that fight you know it's uh, you'd have to be pretty i don't know pretty brave to get in the middle of something like that <laughs> no, no kidding yeah a lot of ways to get hurt for sure i mean it it's crazy to me that that doesn't happen more often because even like when i'm rattling my my rattling antlers sometimes they'll lock up together and i gotta get them undone rack jack <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever alert. seen that in person, Terry, where you are locked, want to get locked like that, but can't get undone? Uh, I'm trying to think if we if we helped a, a deer at one time. It's been a long, long time ago where we were helped to, and it really they weren't locked bad. They were just, you know, they were just locked a little bit, and we helped help one get away from the other. But we didn't have to do much. We scared the shit out of them more than anything. <laughs> they they miraculously came apart. Yeah. <laughs> But that one that Mark did was good, and so was Lindsay's. Those two were were memorable. I mean, those were absolutely phenomenal the way they did that. I, taking the saw and sawing off part of the main beam or whatever it was they sawed off was pretty ingenious. Yeah, and and filming it all. <laughs> yeah, like the and Lindsay, it all. both of them, both of those were crazy. So. It, it really makes me wonder how how much a deer can think in terms of like what how self-aware are they to know like okay i'm locked up with this now dead rival and some guy's coming at me with a pole saw that's you know <laughs> buzzing getting worse <laughs> <laughs> what, what else can happen now just shoot me I like that season <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sure it can get worse <laughs> you know we, we did talk about ours briefly but matt you're having a really really rough season and and those Thanks, come and go we've had them and and it's uh, staying persistent and keeping the grind and then trying to balance home life and work and all that other stuff. Like, like most people do, you know, it's, it's a challenge and you could see why people would get frustrated with hunting and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm over it because you, you spend so much time, you may or may not see a deer uh, and then trying to balance that time with work and, and home life it becomes extremely difficult if you know i mentioned the number of days that Forrest and i hunted a while ago you know that's that's how long it takes to do this 
So I could see why a guy that's there's a blue collar guy that works all week and he's get a Saturday and Sunday off and doesn't see a deer. Or he might see a couple small deer and a couple of does. It would get pretty frustrating, you know. So it's easy to see why people would lose interest in hunting and keeping that enthusiasm and keeping that passion and keeping them out there. Uh, you know, we can only encourage them that the season's not over yet. There's still some more time to come. And because the moon was so early, it may still get pretty good in December. I think December could be a really good month for month for us, depending on the weather. So that's why I'm going to throw it back at you, Matt, and, and ask you what your plans are. I know you've only got a limited number of days to hunt, but we've got food in, in Illinois. We've got food in Missouri that's left over. So, uh, you know, are you planning on trying to peel out as many days as you can? It, it gets a lot harder because they, at this point in the season, I have burned a lot of days and a lot of uh, those chips at home. And that's the, that's the biggest factor. And that's why I hunt. I mean, that's why I don't come to, to the place in Illinois. That's why I don't go up to your farm. I mean, the gun season, it's our tradition, but it's been, I think we've counted when we were there the other day, it had been four or five years since I killed a deer at your place. And I've been killing them on the lease. I killed one in Illinois. You know, it's, it's, I'm doing that because I'm trying to be, home. I'm trying to make sure that being a dad is first. And whether my wife says that at this point in the season or not, I don't know, because <laughs> last week it, we had an encounter with the deer that we've been trying to kill with Scott, the short G210, right at last light. He, he gives me the camera. I can't, you know, like I can't even see the dang deer and I'm, I'm a horrible camera guy. So I'm trying to get on him and we just, you know, we had five minutes left to light and it was cloudy. So you really got no minutes left to light. Mm -hmm. So that opportunity passes us by and my buddy Chase says, Hey, I got this big deer in Illinois. Come, come over here. And, and you know, me, you, I'm putting, I'm throwing all my buddies out in a stand and we're going to try to kill this deer before the Illinois gun season. Mm -hmm. And it's a deer he called pizza pan. It was real wide, short time, nice, nice deer, good mass. And so I look at Scott, I'm like, Hey, let's pack up our shit and go, man. What like oh, the season we're having, like, let's try something different because we keep grinding it out here and it's not working. Yeah. So we go over there and, uh, and then we hunted a day and I, I, I want to have chase on at some point in the podcast to talk about it, but you know, we had a couple encounters with some big deer, no, nothing close enough to shoot. I'm um, archery hunting. And, um, and then that next morning we're both, we were within a hundred yards of each other in a couple of spots, like kind of in this bedroom. And he got a picture of this deer on his reconic cell, 450 yards away. <laughs> and it wasn't 15 minutes later he calls me. And so I'm getting a phone call. I'm like, Oh boy. So I, you know, I pick up, he's like, I just shot him. I just <laughs> shot him. You know, we were pumped. I mean, it's I, cool for him. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. It was awesome to be there. And, and we got a, we wanted to get out and go on the recovery with him. And all of a sudden it was like a crazy morning. A deer were moving everywhere. And it was just like, we had a bunch of great, it was the mm -hmm. best morning we've had all season mm -hmm. best best hunt we've had all season and just nothing of age and, yeah. you know that we were looking at you know a couple deer that he wanted us to pass and that kind of thing so anyways we got to go on the recovery with him it was awesome and uh captured it all live and um it's one of those things where this guy really works his tail off he, he deserved the guy that should have it's for one of those times where the guy that should have killed him killed him mm -hmm. so it was really a cool moment to be there but you know we come back home and i had a, a daddy daughter dance that night and then you know, we had uh, my nephew Nolan's 21st birthday party this weekend. And so Terry came on. Like, it was one of those things where 
I'm running out of time and day. So gun season or, you know, I was really hoping to get something done. Yeah. It just hasn't, it just hadn't happened. We went back in there Friday night to kill, try to kill the short T210. And, uh, right at last light, literally last light was 518, 518. I look up and I'm like, Hey, there's your deer. And he's like, you want the gun? I put the binoculars up on him. I'm like, Oh no, that's my deer. <laughs> and he's like, you want the gun? I'm like, no, it's 518. Like, it's, <laughs> he was at 40 yards. And then by 520, he walked within 10 steps. And that was the night Mark killed. That's the night Terry killed. Uh, Chase had killed one, another one. So the very next night he had killed another one with his bow. And it, I mean, it was just on fire that day. Like the pressure was like 30.4 and rising and cold temperatures. And it, when you're grinding, you're grinding. It just is yeah. what it is. I, I finally had a good four-year-old showing up pretty regular in this bedding area where I know there's there's a small herd of does that live. And he was showing up pretty regular between 8 and 8.30 on the cell cam. So I, I, I had hung a new saddle set for him and went in there, had perfect wind as I'm getting dressed to leave the house at like five o'clock <laughs> he shows up walking through there so yeah. i've missed him at, you know just by an hour or so yeah and and i didn't see and then Bo had his birthday party later that day so i had to make it home you know before noon i had to you know cut the hunt the, the hunt short and um uh, but but yeah it's just a lot of working around family schedule yeah. because family will always be there the you know the, the the family will not always be there the deer will one piece so. of sage advice I actually received from Jared Lurk was that very thing. Like, hey, mm -hmm. the deer will always be there. The deer are deer, but the kids are only the sage ones. So um, try to make sure that's the priority. It's hard because this is our job. But, and so you're trying to make sure that you're contributing to the overall, you know, uh, uh, scope of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, but rest of the season you know once the holidays hit it's real tough there's chunks of weeks go missing out of the hunting season so uh, i got illinois gun season coming up uh i have muzzleloader only tag so i'll go out there i get a family thing on the december 1st but i'll be there the second third fourth and then head back where the moon should be deluxe if we get any kind of cold weather that muzz only weekend should be fantastic just need some cold weather um, and I know Forrest has that same tag and you guys are going to be up at uh, your spot there in Illinois. So, um, I got that. We got muzzleloader season here in Missouri that are the alternative alternative method season in Missouri. Um, there's still hope, but you know, with the way that holidays come into play here, it gets it, the rest of the season in my experience flies by once gun season's over. I know it's like the same amount of time, two more mm -hmm. months of the season. It doesn't feel like well, that. And there's so little daylight. Beth and I were talking after church on Sunday. She's like, you're going to go out today. I was like, we got something going till like one o'clock. If I don't get ready by one o'clock and get out to the standby around two o'clock at that point, you know, I'm, I'm bumping deer back into yeah. the timber. Well, you're it's hunting just, for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's no good. So there's a, just the, the lack of daylight makes it tough to find the time to go out. Yeah. Yeah. So well, with all that being said though, if you, if you pick those days wisely and they're, they're coming, if one thing Mark and I learned a long time ago was that late season, can be just as good, if not better, than early season. If you if you've got food now, if you don't have food, it can be the worst. It can be tough, but if you got it, man, oh man, there's there's some evenings and some days ahead that could be absolutely killer. So we want to encourage everyone not to get too discouraged because there could be some really really good good hunting ahead, even if it's not brutally cold. You know, even if it's just somewhat moderate or average temperatures, 
I think I think December is going to be pretty doggone good. I really do because the moon is pretty early in December. It's you know I, I didn't like it early season, but I do like it here at the latter part. Fingers crossed. Killed the safe buck yeah. November twenty sixth last year, and then I've historically killed two really good bucks like December twenty third ish, like right before Christmas. Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of look back on my history and think, well, yeah, there's still. It feels, especially last week with the frigid temps, it felt like I was hunting in January. I kept thinking, oh, it's, the, the, the clock's about to wind down here, but really, there is a couple months left here. Yeah. Well, and it pushed them to food. If you recall that those cold temperatures got them on food a little bit early. Oh yeah. You know, food was there, but it pushed them almost into a late season yeah. pattern here a little earlier than what they're accustomed to. And Forrest and I were hunting batman and junkie that morning we sat in the timber for seven and a half hours and we said you know what let's make a move and we made a really really quick move i mean as fast as we could go and we literally stopped by and grabbed a cracker and a, and a bottle of water and we you know beelined it to get into a stand and we were there maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes and they already started pouring onto the food but it was brutally cold through that little yeah. period there so yeah. but with that being said I, again in december and if you recall, Tim, that moon last year was the 20th, I think, in and around the 20th, latter part of the month. So you had a pretty good 23rd, 24th, 25th. It's a, it's earlier this year. 10th is, I think, waxes 9th or 10th yeah. on December. So yeah. just be prepared. It could be better in early December this year. So just everybody be, be ready. Mm. Okay. All right. Let's answer this question of the day here. So the question of the day is brought to you by the Drury Outdoors Gear Store. We're actually running some Black Friday deals all week here up through Cyber Monday. So up to 30% off on DOD apparel, hats, hoodies, pullovers. Uh, polos uh, includes the DOD Bottomland hoodie, new deer season shirts and hats, uh, deer cast shirts, 100% wild podcast hats. So if anybody's a fan of the show, get yourself a podcast hat. And then the big one, this baffles me to this day that people still buy these, but we are selling DVDs at 99 cents a DVD and they're flying off the, the shelves like hotcakes. People love the DVDs. Did you just make that up? No. And I think I think that well, a buddy of mine from back home, Steve Shuey, sent me a text and he was watching uh, one of our DVDs at hunting camp. Huh. And I, I think that's really why people get them, you know, places where they may not have uh, Internet or they may not sure. have cable and they got a DVD player and a TV. And it's it's a good way to get some hunting fix. So anyways, head over to the store store.dreeoutdoors.com to save big this holiday season. And then here's the last thing. So we are doing a I think it's only on Black Friday correct on the DeerCast unlimited let's just make it a one-day deal one day only DeerCast black friday deal 20 percent off DeerCast what? unlimited for new subscribers only so use code unlimited and uh, you can only do that via DeerCast.com. that's not through the app stores that's not how the code works we can only do it through DeerCast.com. so it's a one day only deal black friday 20 percent off DeerCast unlimited Jeez. Did you so, sign off on this, Terry? I, I did. That was just me. No. <laughs> Uh-oh. I would have went 30%. Oh. Okay. No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Alan, can we do 30%? Uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> oh, Alan's our sales here. guy. He's like, oh, <laughs> that's his margin you're sucking into. <laughs> well, Come on, try man. unlimited and see what pops up for you, 20 or 30. <laughs> it's a grab bag. <laughs> it's only on DeerCast.com. Okay. All right. So the question of the day. Matt, Tim, everyone on the jury team, thanks for all that you guys do. My name is Nathan Jaquin. We have a 180-acre farm in central Missouri. 
half of it is cropland, half of it is timber. We have a couple of food plots to promote grain to green after the crops come out. We use ATVs and trucks to access our locations. My question is, during Missouri firearm season, we see a lower number of deer than we do prior to harvest and during bow season. Do you think our tools that we are using to access our spots are running those deer out, possibly going to different farms, different bedding areas, or different food sources? Curious on your guys' input. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast and keep them coming. Thanks, Jake. All right, Terry, what do you think here? Well, he I think he almost answered his own question, to be quite honest, because, you know, if you're looking at 180 acres and 90 of it is tillable, when they go in there and they harvest either the corn or beans, you just cut the bedroom in half. So now you're down to 90 acres of timber. And boy, oh boy, once the once the leaves are off and the foliage is, is open, I don't know in, in that central Missouri area if it's flatland or if it's if it's hilly, but boy, you'd have to be really, really cautious about getting in there on the right wind and not doing too much damage to the deer that you're hunting. And you'd probably want to try and hunt the perimeters and not penetrate the interior. Uh so it would be it would be, you know, really tenuous to get in there without bumping them out of there i could i can sympathize with them because it's a small track and uh, not easy to hunt so i would probably park as far away as i possibly could and still walk in there and not do too much damage and if there's any way you could find terrain that would cover your access to where you can get down in a ditch or a creek or something i would sure utilize uh, some hidey hole areas to try and get in there or let some food stand. And a lot of guys can't do that or they can't afford to do that. But if there's a way to let, you know, six rows of corn so you can slide in there and not do too much damage, that would be a, a good, a good thought as well. But uh, it's pretty tough to get in there with four wheelers and pickups and all that stuff on 90 acres and not do, not do some damage. And listening to his question, I think the thing that stuck out to me is there's probably more guys hunting or more family members hunting for the gun season. Mm. So mm-hmm. there's more pressure. There's more, you know, traffic there. On his property and around him. Yeah. And, and so certainly I think that hurts his cause. And obviously you're not going to change that part. Your family and your friends are still going to be hunting. The same amount of people are going to be hunting, especially mm-hmm. for a firearm season. That's when most everybody hunts. So yeah. I think you would try to maybe come up with a preseason plan that allows you to figure a way to get people dropped off without getting the, too much vehicle traffic, whether it's four wheeler or, or truck mm-hmm. to, you know, close to their stands. So, you know, and that's where we were just kind of alluding to it, but those bikes, it, whether it's these electric bikes that you see so much now, like we're using those Rogue Ridge or whether it's a, a bicycle, I mean, or, t- you know, uh, something like that, like getting Unicycle. into your spot, like that's a different, that's a different thought process too, to get in there and dump the bike over. We yeah. saw deer walking right and turkeys walking right past our bikes and not thinking twice we just had to put a branch or two over the top of there's them there's no and, scent factor yeah like they're, they're they're really so cool. maybe that's an option i, I don't know but um you know, yeah. the, the other thing he might try and i don't know maybe they've already got this but uh the thicker it is the better if they went in there and started doing a little bit of hinge cutting and tried to improve their their ground cover they may maybe designate an area in the mm-hmm. center of that 90 acres uh, possibly a 45 acre piece and say, Hey, this is the bedroom. 
you know, we're going to, we're going to stay out of this area and try and put a smooth wire all the way around it and make sure that no one penetrates that particular area and, and allow the deer to have a spot where they know they're safe and secure. Uh, that might help them as well. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, shoot me a message via the rack pack and uh, we'll get you a, a podcast hat. So thank you. Uh, and then the wildlife word this week is brought to you by deer cast track. If you shoot your deer and you want a custom plan for recovering your deer from seasoned experts, including Terry Drury, just get deer cast track. Got him. Yeah, you will. Okay. So rubs and scrapes allow deer to communicate their presence remotely for this seldom discussed reason. A. A massive coordinated conspiracy by the Pentaveret. <laughs> B, deer just hate trees. C, they help them avoid conflict at a time of the year. They don't really want to encounter other bucks. Or D, deer vision is so poor they can't visually evaluate a competitor. <laughs> this is uh-huh. a D- A. <laughs> the Pentaveret. <laughs> they meet triannually at... The meadows. Uh, rubs and scrapes allow deer to communicate their presence remotely for the seldom discussed reason. We don't talk about it very often. I, it's kind of a complex question. What do you got, Terry? Guest always goes first. Terry, Terry went with a pentaveret. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, well, I wouldn't think... I mean, I guess I'm going to go with C because I don't think it's D. Ding, 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 ding. But I I wouldn't have thought that that, that to help them avoid conflict at a time of year. They don't want to encounter other bucks because like the rut is the time of year where you see all those things really be heightened. And that's the time of year where they're fighting. So you're saying they're trying to avoid each other. Yeah. Well, so with the testosterone flowing, it's they're expending energy if they're having to fight other bucks. This is a way for them to show like, hey, this is this is my ground, and so it's being passive aggressive. Kind, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's like a keyboard warrior online. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And, and and there's probably a lot more that could be elaborated on that answer. No doubt, I'm sure. Sure. You know? Well, it's a, an A, B, C, or D question, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> we only have so much time in the podcast. And three of those were joke <laughs> joke uh, answers. So what the hell? <laughs> I wondered who, who answered. I wondered who came up with the answer C, uh, because there there's a lot of things you could have said about about that. Honestly, yeah, and it, it was Tim. a difficult que- yeah, it was a difficult <laughs> question to form, but. It was it was one aspect of obviously rubs and scrapes serve other purposes, but this was one as I was doing some research that I was like, oh, we don't really talk up we don't really talk about this aspect of rubs and scrapes that they can figure out like oh there's a more mature deer here I maybe don't want to don't want to encounter him if if it's a buck you know a younger buck coming in. If you have a problem with Tim's answer here, please uh, let us know in the rack pack mm-hmm. how you feel about Tim and Tim's and answer. I will, I will roast let me, you. Let me pull up his cell number here. We'll put it on. The <laughs> <laughs> as long as my last name is spelled correctly, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. All right. Shout outs. We got a five star Apple podcast from Z Coombs 5. Z Coombs says, Good show. Good show, but a great show when Mark or Terry jumps on as a guest. It's the Drury's 
They've forgotten more about deer hunting than I'll ever know. Matt and Tim are good for a few laughs, and Matt's ability to be as unlucky as I am when mm. hunting <laughs> makes me feel better. Thanks, Zoom. Zacoons. I, I will say, stay tuned next week because we got a one-star Apple review. I comment. read it today. I just saw it. <laughs> Not a fan. Oh, read it now. I want to hear it. Okay. Well. <clears throat> Basically, it came down to our language that we use, and it's not Tim because he's not the one using the language. So, uh, not think, bad, is it? I think the guy had a problem with me, and he's gonna have a problem with you. <laughs> he <laughs> loves the gamekeeper. Po- podcast. Okay, here it is. He goes, language. Wish I could let my ten-year-old grandson listen and learn. Foul language doesn't add value in my opinion. Love listening to Gamekeepers podcast. So that's Bobby's. Always clean. Blues old stand via Apple Podcast. And I apologize. I mean that that is the thing. Let's move on. Let's apologize. <laughs> Let's move on. But that's what the podcast is. It's a it's a little bit more of our personalities. And I'm sorry. That is my personality. I have a potty mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I I'm a big very one. I don't know. personality. You got that from your mother. You didn't get it from me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, growing up in a construction environment, which we have all of our entire lives, we grew up in construction, still in construction. It happens from time to time. You hear once in a while, you hear a bad word come out of someone's mouth. This is the PG version of what our <laughs> our language is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is, is me dialing it back. Uh huh. Hundred percent. But 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 this is probably the most candid look at everything that we do, and so part yeah. of that candor includes saltier language. Yeah. But but we appreciate all the feedback. We do. We do. Yeah. And I am we'll, sorry. We'll do better. We'll, we'll do better. Well, we'll try. <laughs> what can you say? Not all of us can be better. Uh, <laughs> Just look at our hunting record this year, too. Yeah, no, we're there's a limit. Hunting season's not over, Matt. <laughs> Keep your chin up. We got we got some good days ahead yet. I'm I'm convinced of that. There's some really really good days ahead. It is but crazy how an entire season can change in the matter of seconds. Very quickly, it's cr- it always just amazes me. Very quickly. So, like you know what, Forrest and I got defeated this morning. We didn't shoot a doe but that's not going to stop us, Tim. We're going to continue after those does and we're going to win. Well, we're going to win big. If you want some opportunity, Huge. I got a few does. You can come down and we can go saddle hunting. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> but we have hundreds of does. They just didn't, I don't know where they were this morning. They just didn't move. Ugh. All, right. All right. Well, we have, we have 1.5 thousand members in our rack. Back. I mean, so it's been about a year since we started it. Hey, I'm not bad. Tickled to death with that. It's incalculable the number of people that we could have in there. <laughs> it is. I mean, <laughs> Facebook has hundreds of millions of people. Any one of those could join. <laughs> Just getting started. <laughs> All right. So we're going to welcome some new members every week. Tim uh, writes them down here. Every week I butcher their name, and every week there's a fake one in here. All right. We got David Cook, Derek Nelson. We actually know Derek Nelson. Uh, Joe Org, Adam Linger, Justin Webster, Verg Shook. Wyatt Workman, Nicholas Campanelli, Eli Tednock. Eli Tednock. Eli Tednock. Who is the fakey? Verg Shook. Verg Shook. Verg, you are a lie, sir. Uh, Jorg. Jorg? <laughs> <laughs> the man's name is a website. <laughs> Eli Tednock? 
I'm going with that one. Yeah, I I was struggling, man. I was like, uh, lighted knock. A light, a lighted uh, knock. <laughs> Eli Ted knock. <laughs> I spent three full work days of three outdoors time doing nothing but trying to think of that name. It was good. So. Oh. <laughs> Oh Dad, now we have people that go in the the rack pack, and I'm like, shit, he was real. <laughs> hey, I was on a skid steer this morning when I found out that I'm not a real person <laughs> listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think that was Noah guy that said that. Yeah, Noah guy. I could have swore <laughs> this guy's name was Noah guy, and I said Noah guy. I know a guy. <laughs> He's got to be fake. He's real. He's real. He was on a skid steer. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're gonna hit three hundred episodes. That's what they tell me. <clears throat> we're two ninety five right now. We're too dumb to stop. <laughs> I told uh, Scott that's the the theme of our season. Too dumb to quit. Yep. I, like that. <laughs> I think yeah. it's applicable here as well. I've walked five marathons. What, uh, what number are you on here? Two ninety five was today. Damn. So <laughs> Terry's thinking, how do we allow that to happen? <laughs> three hundred. <laughs> we're on our way to three hundred. I'd want to be a part of that one. That could be history. I, what I'd really like to do, it's never going to happen because it's during the season, is actually have like a, a panel of guests kind of come rotate in and have just a BS, you know, give Tim a Mick Ultra to sip on for oh, a couple hours. and Get belligerent. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty fun. Instead, we, I don't know. <laughs> it might be just me and Tim. We've, we have had a request for Mark and Terry to host the show. Kick us out and get some real deer hunters on here. That'd be fun. It would be fun, but these guys yeah, will never be, be here at the same time. And maybe some after, the, after the season's over, or maybe even during the holiday or something, huh. if he's in. That, that's the wild card, getting Mark back down here. <laughs> so. Yes. All right. All right. Well, until next time, hey, congratulations on a giant and on a fantastic season. This is, like I said, it's one for the record books. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it, and next year could be different. I mean, it's it's very cyclical, which we all know. It's ebb and flow. So, uh, you know, Aaron Bennett said it best. I probably should go out on top. Yeah, Ben Bennett texted me and told me that Dad should retire on top. <laughs> well, I loved it. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, then Matt, you and I will never retire. No, I'm stuck. <laughs> Randa's like, you don't working. have to kill a deer. I'm like, well, you don't understand. <laughs> I do kind of need to, but I may not. <laughs> may not you kill know, one. We didn't talk about this a while ago, but the peer pressure nowadays is so great because of social media. And you see these giants each and every day. There's yeah. a, another one and another one and another one and another one. And it wasn't like that back in the day when you read a magazine or you read an article, you saw somebody sitting behind a grip and grin and, you know, you'd talk about a couple of them. But nowadays it seems like everybody and their brother kills a big giant deer because they're so readily available on social media. But uh years ago the peer pressure wasn't as great so there's just a lot more to it today and i could see where the defeated attitude would come in from someone that's having a poor season or struggling regardless who it is uh to say you know what this sucks I i'm i'm never going to kill a deer and get defeated because of what you look at and you go i i can't kill one of those it just isn't going to happen but uh, holding your head up and saying, you know what, I, I can go after that 135, 140 inch deer. And then when you're successful, feel good about it. 
that's the part that we want to make sure everyone's happy with what they what they achieve and what they accomplish because it's not easy regardless who you are or where you're hunting. So uh, being able to stay happy and stay focused and and be thankful, you know, gratitude is such a, a commodity that you don't see just everywhere. Uh, that it's nice to see people be happy. So we're going to encourage that. So this is why I've taken the low road and I'm verbally abusing everyone in the rack pack who posts a hero <laughs> until I finally kill a buck. <laughs> you took the low road, sir. Very low. <laughs> so speaking well, of what Terry said, do the, I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> no, I think that's a great note to end it on. That's a positive uh, outlook and, and one that I think we should all be taking, myself included. So <clears throat> There you go. Beautiful. Uh, hold on. The more you know. Changing lives. <laughs> changing hearts. And grabbing each other's fists. <clears throat> All right. Well. $200 is $200. I think we'll end on that. <laughs> That's our gang sign for the rat pack. <laughs> that could be a t-shirt. <laughs> that may be a gang sign. We better not. <laughs> we don't know what we don't uh, know. I used to be a crip. Right. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> All right, we better leave. <laughs> Heading south here. All right, well, we appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck. Everybody be safe out there, please. See you on okay. Thursday. <laughs> Okie dokie. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Peace out. Till next time. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind checkout to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.